The Velvet Hammer, an inside look at trial lawyer life with Karen Kohler. Real life stories about fighting the good fight. Today we have a special guest, Elise. Can you introduce yourself for us? Sure, I'd be happy to. Elise Sanguinetti. Um, I am the immediate past president of the American Association for Justice. We all bow before you. <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> Once a president, always a president. Yeah, I, um, I'm a, in a very unique club of people that have held this position before me, and I'm very proud to be in that club. And you brought Andrew, your lifetime security guard. I did. <laughs> See, like the Secret Service. Um, Andy is my friend, and he works at AJ in Washington D.C. And he's out here for the WSAJ conference with me. That's awesome. Okay, so I'm going to ask you some semi-professional presidential questions. Sure. Uh, this is very informal podcast. Um, being a president is very formal. Mm-hmm. Like, is it the most formal thing you've ever done in your whole life? You know, it's funny. Um, there's formal parts about it. When you're meeting with politicians, it feels very formal. Um, but my nature is not formal. So there really, it never felt that I had to fit a certain category of who I needed to be to be in this role. Instead, I always thought of it as being myself and having the role fit me. So I'm um, traveling around the country and going to different state trial lawyer associations and meeting with them. I think the opposite, that's the opposite of formal because what they want is to know that you care about what they're doing, who they're representing, and that you're fighting for them in Washington, D.C., and that is personal. So that's, that's the kind of president that I was. Well, let's get really personal. Okay. Okay, you're a practicing lawyer. Yeah. How long have you been practicing? 22 years. Okay, what is wrong with you that you'd want to become president of AAJ? I mean, right? Like, yeah. We know there's something wrong with you. What, what is it? Um, I, lo I love being a trial lawyer so much, and I, and I love representing people, really real people that I see on a daily basis. And I got to a point where um, I, doing it for one person at a time didn't feel like it didn't feel like I could make as much of an impact. And so I got involved in AAJ and I um, knew that I could make a larger impact for more people. And that's what drove me to do it. What is driving you? Like, why are you driven? What, what is it? I mean, right? Yeah. People that are driven always have little reasons why they're driven. It, We're not normal. It's true. I don't know. I, I'm the youngest of six kids. Ah, you always were. Yeah. The, like, <laughs> you had clock. to stand out. Yeah. You had to stand out in a group of six, um, especially when you're the baby. And ah. there's 22 years difference in age between me and my oldest brother. Ah. So uh, there was already um, my nephew who lives here in Seattle is only four years younger than me. So, I, it, you know, we were just such a big family um, and no lawyers, though, not a single lawyer in my family. I just... Um, you just wanted to dominate. I just oh. needed to stand out somehow. <laughs> well, congratulations. Mission accomplished. <laughs> All right. Well, tell us, like, what do you think was the most uncomfortable part of being a president of an entire organization? Like, what really just was so out of your nature that you had to do that just... I mean, you did it. Yeah. But yeah. it was out of your nature. Um. The worry 
um, that something would happen under my watch was very uncomfortable. Like you would be defined by that. Yeah, or that I, I'm more than I was, and my it wasn't that I was worried that other people would hold me responsible. It was myself. I was um, I was very conscientious of what was happening, not just in Washington D.C., but what was happening to consumers in Alabama and in Arkansas and um, all over the country. And I felt a very strong sense of of trying to take care of all of them. And it's it's a it's a large burden to carry and you want to make sure that nothing really bad happens. Things happen, but you don't want it to happen while you're at the helm. So some people think, you know, president is a figurehead. Mm-hmm. Why were you worrying? How could you have controlled it? You know, how did you how did you how did that work? So um first of all it's a seven year track. So you really commit seven years of your life to oh. I know <laughs> it's a lot um, oh to God. this and it which every year it intensive the responsibility intensifies more and more and that includes the travel and the, um, the financial commitments and everything that goes along with it um, but by the time you're president yes it's only a year and you think what is it like how how can you have that much of an impact but you can if you want to you can. You can spend a year letting the incredible staff in Washington do what they do and protect the rights of people across this country. Or you can get in there and you can try to help them and be impactful. And that's a choice that every president has. And I chose to make an impact. Um, I hope I did. I know that we, even before I took over the gavel, um, I knew that we were going to have elections that were going to have consequences in November, soon after I took the gavel. And I met with our CEO. We sat down and we made a plan leading up to that in advance, knowing here's the different scenarios of what could occur. Let's have a plan for every scenario and make sure that we we have an action plan immediately and we can do something this how year. Many, how many, I mean, you probably... People that work a lot don't ever count the hours that they work because we don't want to know. Right. But how many hours do you think that you spend? Like in a typical week, did you keep practicing law? Um, It was really hard to. I managed my practice um, and I managed it mostly on the road. And I was estimating recently that I probably was home five nights a month, maybe. (laughs) Um, maybe that's, then that's on average. So tell us about your home life. Do you you have a home life outside of the practice (laughs) of law? I have an amazing husband who has been with me and supporting me, um, since I was 15 years old. How do you get a husband like that? Like, what is your, what was your recipe for success? I don't know. I was 15 years old. I didn't even know. But I mean, how did you keep them? Like, how did you guys, how have you guys managed that? That's, that's like amazing. It's really unique. Um, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky because I, mean, I don't think I could have done this. There's a little bit of tears in your eyes. There is. Because I mean, like how, how is that possible? Um, Are you making this up? No, I'm not. I promise. Um, and you, and you've met my husband, Matt, and he is as fantastic as he seems. He, um, we when we met at a time when we were so young, we didn't. I didn't think about what the next phase of my life was. I never. I was. I was driven by the time I was 15, 16 to know I wanted to go into the law. 
Um, I didn't know if I could actually accomplish that. I, I always take every um, goal that I have in life and try to just deal with it and, um, and just in that moment instead of thinking very far in the future. And um, I'll set a goal and I focus on that goal and I hope that I'm going to be able to reach it. And I kind of was that way and I think Matt was that way with our relationship as well where it, I always felt up until the time we got married, which was 12 years after we first started dating, that if things work out, they work out. If they don't, they don't. And we never put this external pressure on ourselves. Um, so it, it helped us be able to survive really three lifetimes together. Not, not lifetimes, but three different huge chunks of our lives together. You know, going through real adolescence and then young adulthood and then now we're middle aged. So Well, it's I mean, it's a love story for the ages, clearly. It's pretty amazing. Um I have a sister who met her husband also when she was in high school, mm -hmm. and they have the best relationship I've ever known um, personally. And I've asked her, like, what is the kind of key to success? Like, because they're as happy now as they ever were. Mm -hmm. And she said, if, I said, if there was one thing, um, she said, well, they've grown together. Yeah. They've grown together. Mm -hmm. They've not grown apart. They've yeah. grown up together. And they... Uh, I mean, it kind of was a generality, but do you feel mm -hmm. that that happened with you guys? 100%. And I feel like there's always, um, I, I said this in my speech when I um, passed the gavel over to Bruce Stern as president, um, that it's, I feel like we've, Matt and I have really gone through these phases of life together and that I really feel like the the passing of the gavel for me is now, we're now starting a new phase. So we're like looking at new houses and <laughs> Thinking about, like, I, I want to nest a little bit now because I've been away for so long. I spent more time in hotel rooms than I did in my own bed the last year that now I, all I want to do is be home. Um, but I want to do something new together because I'm a project person, a goal-oriented person, so I have to have something there. Um, so that's, you know, the, between that and really devoting my time back into my practice and trying cases, I'm so excited about that. Um, that well, I, tell us yeah. how, I mean, just give us some examples of how a husband like that mm -hmm. has supported you. Like, what are some of the things that he does to support you? He, um, he left a business. He was, he was doing general contract work. He, he stopped doing that, um, and opened up more of a landscape type business to be able to, uh, be flexible and travel with me because he, he knew that it would be stressful on us if we weren't together and harder for us to stay together. Um, so he sacrificed, he sacrificed so much, Sounds so like much it. of his own personal successes to see me succeed. Um, and he's really, I mean, he's just, he's really truly is my biggest cheerleader. It's really pretty awesome to have that. Cause I, I definitely wouldn't be where I am right now without that support. Who cooks? We both do. I'm doing it more now. He's a really good cook, but I enjoy cooking. So now that I'm actually home and I can, I, I still work a little bit late, but I'll come home and he'll like, he'll do all the sous chef parts. So he'll prep everything and then I'll get home and put everything together and make it. Well, <laughs> this has been like uh, very, very impressive to, to even hear this story. It's like, you know, 
being a president of AHA is like winning the Oscar. And we all know that Oscar winners all lose their spouses. And yeah. it doesn't sound like that's going to happen to you. Hopefully not, no, because now we get more time together and actually doing things that we want to do but, together. But it would be great if you could give, um, especially our younger attorneys, just some thoughts on the biggest question that we're asked, right, mm -hmm. is one that I have the hardest time answering, which is how do you manage your work and your life together, um, especially having come off of a year like you have, yeah. just like, but also a career like you have, mm -hmm. uh, how do you, I don't want to say balance. How mm -hmm. do you, um, my daughter says the word is harmony. How do you find harmony? Yeah. Um, between all of those, I mean, friends and family mm -hmm. and work mm -hmm. and it's, um, it's harder on those around you. I've realized, um, you know, it's really, really hard on the, my family, you know, we're there for holidays, but it was, this year was very intense. It, I can't, um, say that most people have that experience, but I did start getting involved at a very young age as a new lawyer, because I was encouraged by a partner um, at the time, he was my the senior partner at the law firm I worked at, and I was only two years out of law school. And um, he encouraged me to go to a convention. He was a real true believer that um, state trial lawyer organizations and our national trial lawyer organization are what keep us in business and what um, what is the, it's the only these are the only voices that are fighting for consumers, really fighting for consumers. So he. Um, impressed that upon me, told me to go to a convention. I got involved in the new lawyers division. I became chair eventually in a few years. And that's what led me on my path. Now the balance, it, it, it when I was younger, I had, uh, I, I had more harmony. Um, <laughs> I had more harmony um, because the demands weren't as great, which is right. And, and that's, I was growing my practice I was learning how to be a really, you know, really good trial lawyer. But part of that for me meant that I needed to go learn from those that were great. And that AJ and CAOC, which is the Consumer Attorneys of California, gave me that opportunity. I, I was able to sit down in rooms with the people that were my heroes and learn from them. Eventually, they became my friends. And I can pick up the phone and call any one of them and learn from them and that um that's harmony to me because it provided it made things easier for me to learn how to be a better lawyer um and then be able to take on more responsibility as my practice became more stabilized and i was able to build teams around me to be able to support me while i was doing these things okay Basically, the answer is there is no such thing as total <laughs> harmony it's or work-life balance. That's true. Um, you just you you are very fortunate to have such a supportive uh, spouse and uh, to be as driven as you are. I, I wish you so much uh, peace and joy as you de-escalate from being president of AJ. You did a fantastic job. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming. Thank you so much, Karen. <laughs>